Hi, Christian Yordanov here. Hope you're doing good. Today, I want to talk to you about my favorite, absolute favorite lab test to run on clients, and it's called the organic acids test. And when I say it's a good overall metabolic check, what I mean is it covers a lot of areas of the metabolism that can give us a lot of value in terms of um, identifying weak links that we can balance so that you can, uh, you know, either remain in good health or if you are having some type of health uh, stuff going on, we can start nudging you back in the right direction. So you start trending towards, uh, you know, good health as opposed to ill health, right? So the organic acids test, the one I like is from Mosaic Diagnostics. And uh, I have, there will be a link in the description where you can actually see me go over one of these um, uh, in a video on my website. Uh, but I'll, I'll, what I'll cover now is just basically the areas of the metabolism that it tests for. So basically the first page, and again, you can go on my website to see this uh, sample test report, see exactly what it looks like and, and a little bit more detail of the markers. But um, for the most part, you don't really need to worry yourself about what the markers are. It's the clinician that actually, uh, you know, gleans the actionable information because it looks very kind of a lot of weird names, carbo, carbos, carboxycitric, tricarbolylic, arabinose, these kind of names, uh, which it, it doesn't really matter uh, so much for the, you know, the client. But um, the first page, basically, of the report, there is, so from the 76 or so markers on the report, the first 18 markers these are all related to intestinal microbial overgrowth. So with this test, you can assess whether you have some gut stuff going on. So we can check for yeasts, specifically candida, and generally for, you know, general yeast overgrowth. So there's some markers for candida. And there's a few markers that indicate mold exposure. So there's uh, at, at least four markers that indicate aspergillus, the mold aspergillus, which is the, one of the, it's actually the most common mold in the environment. And um, you can actually, with this test, you can see if you have some mold exposure and that could be from the air or it could be from, you know, food, fruits and vegetables. And there's another marker on the test that can tell you whether you have exposure to a mold called fusarium and fusarium is actually commonly uh, a mold that commonly contaminates um, grains and stuff like that corn and, and such so field grains so knowing knowing these things uh, that indicate yeast and fungal overgrowth candida uh, uh, mold can basically tell you a lot about what you need to do regarding diet lifestyle stuff, right? So you could have you could have mold exposure in the home, and that is something that you definitely have to figure out how to um, you know get a, get a grip on that because over time, and some people are more um, sensitive to it, but over time it can wreak havoc on your health and your your family's health. And what can happen is might be okay now or you you yourself might be okay but someone that's a little bit less healthy and vital than you someone older or maybe someone younger 
someone that's immunocompromised, you know, a small child, if you, uh, if you are not, you know, feeling the effects of it, they might be, or they might over time. So knowing this, having these clues is super important. And the candida stuff, I'll tell you, I've run this test on people from the age of two to about 72. And I, I find candida elevated more often than not, right? So candida is elevated in most folks that I test. Now, I most of the folks I test, you know, do have some type of health stuff going on. So most aren't um, optimally healthy, but the ones that feel healthy, the, 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 the people that are the relatively small percentage of people that, you know, we run the test, they're like, I feel healthy, but I want to like check my metabolism, see what's going on. Well, again, more often than not, we find candida elevated. So what does that mean? Well, well, candida being elevated, <clears throat> well, most people, or not, I don't want to say most people because, you know, it's hard to quantify, but many people have either slightly overgrown candida or very overgrown candida. And, you know, if you're generally overall healthy, <clears throat> it might not be a problem. You probably won't feel it. But if, let's say, you become immunocompromised, you get sick or you, your toxicity builds up over time, you know, at that point, that can sort of uh, be a time where candida can overgrow even more and start causing you actual problems. And if you have health stuff going on, it's probably a big contributor to your health stuff, right? So knowing if your candida is elevated is another valuable thing this test, this uh, another valuable data point the test provides because a lot of the time, all you need is a little bit of, you know, uh, um, dietary changes and uh, maybe maybe some herbs and stuff like that to reduce those numbers of candida, okay? So that, that was the first nine markers. And then the other nine on this first page, <clears throat> basically they have to do with bacterial overgrowth. So there's some general uh, bacterial overgrowth markers. And when they're elevated, that generally means there's some type of dysbiosis going on in the gut and obviously the, the higher the markers the more likely the more dysbiosis that is um, occurring inside the gut and that's obviously not good for a number of reasons on the previous episode i talked about this inflammatory dysbiosis where um you you know you have uh, uh, overgrowth of pathogenic or opportunistic bacteria and other organisms and what they can do is they basically First of all, some of the compete for the nutrients in your digestive tract. Uh, they compete for the nutrients with you and the, the good bacteria, right? So uh, candida is one of those, uh, just to go back to the yeast for a second. But some of these bacteria, they would take like things like um, amino acids and they can ferment them, they can transform them. And then through this metabolism, they create inflammatory molecules and compounds and metabolites some of these can get into the bloodstream they can mess with your nervous system um, some of these can damage and inflame the intestinal lining they can hurt your beneficial bacteria and uh, you have to remember and this is a lot of people still don't know this but you can have gut stuff going on 
like got this biosis, some pathogens and stuff, and it can only present as like headaches or like something neurological or something skin related. You might be pooping perfectly, no gas, no bloating, no diarrhea, no loose stools, but you you have this other stuff and it can happen. It's very well documented that you can have um, non-gut stuff, like again, neurological things, headaches, sleep problems, um, skin stuff when you have uh, pathogens in the gut without having specifically a gut problem per se, right? So this test helps us to, it gives us clues as to whether something is going on. So there, those are the general markers for uh, general dysbiosis. And then you have the Clostridia bacteria markers. This is a family of bacteria, let's say. And there are specific organisms that can be detected, inclu- including... Um, Clostridium difficile, which is a one of the sort of most infamous of the Clostridia family. It's often a hospital-acquired infection. It can also be acquired after antibiotic use, so it it can be particularly virulent and you know quite dangerous. Um, so this test tests for a, a couple of compounds that this bacteria. Uh, creates or um uh, you know through its metabolism so and there's a number of others like uh, also clostridium botulinum and a few others so this is the first page oh, we're only on the first page and there's a ton of gut related clues we can get as to things that we can improve again with diet also lifestyle supplements herbs probiotics things like that then the next set of markers there, so we have some markers that indicate whether oxalates are an issue. So ox- oxalic acid is the marker that is most interesting here. And basically oxalates are compounds in things like grains, fruits, and vegetables. And for some people, they can be a problem when they eat too, too many of them, or if you have leaky gut uh, and more of these get into your system. It's a whole big topic. Um, a lot of people still are completely unaware of oxalates, and I, I find with autistic children that oxalates are very often very elevated, right? And reducing high oxalate foods actually, um, you know, is very helpful for the kids, for the gut, is, is especially. Um, so the you get this marker, and it, there's very few tests on the market that can actually test for this oxalic acid marker. Then we have a number of markers related to energy metabolism. So we have mitochondrial markers. Now, if you don't know what mitochondria are, they're basically, there's these these tiny organelles in your cells which are responsible for producing most of the energy in your body, in your cells, ATP, adenosine triphosphate. And basically they take um, certain compounds, including fatty acids, long-chain fatty acids, for example, and they produce ATP through various means, right? So through various processes. And there's a number of markers on this test that can see, we can see whether certain, if certain markers are elevated, right? It can indicate some type of mitochondrial dysfunction or issues with energy production. So if you have fatigue or, um, you know, brain fog or a number of just kind of vague-ish 
sort of issues that you can't really pinpoint. It could, it's very often the case that your mitochondria may be impaired in some way. And this could be due to, you know, inflammatory foods, to- a lot of toxins are actually mitochondrial, uh, hurt the mitochondria. Some of them are mitochondrial poisons. In my course, the detox workshop, I talk about mitochondrial toxicity and which toxins are actually toxic to the mitochondria, which is quite a number of them, right? And um, this test helps us to pinpoint whether, you know, you are having some type of mitochondrial energy production issue. And with that data, we can actually, you know, tweak, again, lifestyle, diet, and supplementation protocols to optimize your energy production. And when you optimize energy production, well, like, think about it like this. Everything in the body that has to happen, uh, you need energy, right? And nutrients, energy, nutrients. So amino acids, protein, basically, um, fats, um, um, uh, uh, carbohydrates, uh, vitamins, minerals, right? So you need that and you need energy. So you need building blocks and you need you need energy. If your mitochondria aren't working, everything in your every system in your body will be affected, including your antioxidant and detoxification system, right? So uh having good mitochondrial function is super important. I've done tons of research on, you know, supplements that can support the mitochondria. I take these daily, uh, you know, sometimes multiple times a day to support my mitochondrial function so that it's, uh, think about it like this, the most, the, there is the most, mito- so in every, uh, diff- most cells have mitochondria. Certain cells don't, but most do. And the more, energy a cell requires the more mitochondria it has uh, so the which cells require the most energy well brain cells muscle cells obviously for movement you need a lot of energy for that and gut cells so gut brain and muscle and when folks uh have mitochondrial dysfunction those three areas you know brain function uh, gut function and just overall energy levels are the first two uh, for them to see a decline in, right? So if you have fatigue, right, or gut stuff going on, but especially fatigue and brain fog, it's very likely you have mitochondrial dysfunction going on. And this test helps us to figure that out. There's a number of also markers related to neurotransmitters. So neurotransmitters, chemicals in the nervous system, the brain, uh, like uh, dopamine, norepinephrine, and epinephrine. And then there's also markers for dopamine. uh, And there's another marker for dopamine and serotonin. And there's also a marker for neuroinflammation. And I've actually seen this elevated on a couple of clients. um, uh, And it's, it's actually quite alarming because you can often correlate that to like people not being able to remember things again brain fog so if your brain if you have brain inflammation catching it early on a test like this is super handy because there's the the problem with inflammation in the neuroinflammation or inflammation in the brain is it's like a wildfire it it takes a spark to light it but it's very difficult to extinguish so the 
quicker we can catch that, the quicker you can adjust, again, diet, lifestyle, supplementation routines and everything else, sleep routines and everything else, stress reduction in order to quell that inflammation. Because I don't, I'm sure I don't have to tell you that um, inflammation is bad anywhere. I mean, chronic inflammation is bad anywhere in the body. Acute inflammation is a healthy um, process initiated by the body. It's a healing process. It's when it becomes chronic is when it becomes uh, deleterious. So these neurotransmitter metabolites are very interesting to look at as well. Um, then there is some uh, markers related to ketone and fatty acid oxidation. So again, this has to do with energy production. There are some, a couple of markers for folate metabolism so we can catch um, uh, reduced uh, or inadequacy or deficiency of folate or folic acid, as you may have heard of it. And then there's nutritional markers. So we have a lot of the B vitamins are here. So vitamin B12, it's a, there's a good marker for that. Vitamin B6, vitamin B5, and vitamin B2. And what I noticed here, right? So, uh, you know, a lot of vegetarians and vegans will have the, B, the B12 will be not necessarily deficient, but it will be on the, on looking lowish on the end of the range, basically. In this instance, it's, it, when it's high, it indicates a deficiency. So they will be not like super high, but they will be kind of up there, if you get me, right? So the folks that don't eat a lot of meat, I notice the, the B12 is generally never optimal. But what's interesting is I've noticed, I, and I, I only started sort of in the last while figuring this out. I kind of looked over a bunch of these lab tests that I've done on folks and I noticed that vitamin B2 or riboflavin is often lowish or quite low or you know indicating a deficiency and it starts to make a lot more sense like with vegetarians especially with vegans it definitely is always low vitamin B2 and I've noticed with meat eaters, it is also often kind of a little bit looking lowish. And I'm like, okay, why, why, why? So I dug into it and it turns out muscle meat is not really a great source of riboflavin or, or vitamin B2. And liver is one of the best sources. Now, I eat liver like two, three times a week. So, and I take a, a, vit, a very good vitamin B complex. But a lot of people, most people don't, don't really do that. Most people don't eat liver two, three times a week. So even with meat eaters, I will often find this to be a little bit low. So it's, imp and it, it, you know, it's important because this, you know, just being low on one vitamin, uh, one B vitamin, it can cause deficiencies in other B vitamins because they are used to recycle each other. And, and there's a lot of other complex process processes where if you take, it's like, you know, you have your car on the four tires and you're like, oh, what's one, taking away one tire going to do? Well, if you take away one tire, your car won't run. It's kind of like that in the body. That's why these things are called essential nutrients. 
because we need them to survive. We can't produce them, or if we can, we can't produce enough of them. That's why they're essential. They have to be gotten from the diet. And that's why I'm so against these vegetarian diets and plant-based diets because I understand things a little bit deeper. A lot of these folks that are following these diets have not done the research, unfortunately, and it's going to hurt them long-term. It's going to cause deficiencies long-term that will cause cause health problems eventually. Now, uh, a lot of folks are supplementing with B vitamins and you can mask the dietary deficiency so that's a whole different topic. But the fact is that those diets are uh, diets without animal products are deficient in a number of nutrients. Some, uh, some essential and some non-essential, not necessarily essential, but still very, very much needed in the body. Like, for example, carnitine, right? Which we can talk about on another podcast. Then, so th- those are some vitamin B markers. Then there is the NAC or glutathione precursor. Uh, uh, there's biotin, another B vitamin, vitamin C, and uh, CoQ10, coenzyme Q10. So we got markers for those. So I'm telling you, this test is so awesome. Now, here is where it gets really interesting. This is kind of near the end of the, the most useful markers, and we'll kind of wrap it up after this. So there are in the, uh, there's four markers that are related to they're under the uh, section indicators of detoxification so there's a marker called pyroglutamic pyroglutamic when and when that marker is elevated it can indicate a glutathione deficiency glutathione if you're new to the podcast i talk about this a lot glutathione is your most powerful antioxidant inside your cells that's used to detoxify um, toxic metals, toxic chemicals. It's used to, you know, neutralize uh, uh, toxins of all sorts from bacteria. It's just used in so many different things in the body. It's absolutely essential for survival and for optimal health and for and having optimal levels of glutathione is incredibly important for aging well, for um, not succumbing to the ravages of oxidative stress, which is, you know, when you look at someone like really wrinkled up uh, and looking very old for their age, that, that, that person has been under a lot of oxidative stress. So their antioxidants have been very depleted for a period of time. And this marker is gold when when we catch a glutathione deficiency like today as i'm recording this uh i'm looking at a, a test that I, I ran for a friend of mine who is very healthy otherwise and we very we found very little on the test but we found this glutathione deficiency and this i believe long term May, makes the investment in this test for this friend of mine you know worth its weight in gold just this marker because now we can just simply tweak a couple of things in the diet and the supplementation um uh program that will you know not only correct this but it will reduce 
the chances of oxidative stress damaging cells and tissues in the body, which is what leads to eventual dysfunction and disease and conditions and brain fog and whatever else you can think of, right? So we caught that and I'm super happy. And this, this marker is um, really awesome for glutathione, the antioxidant. And then we have a couple of other markers for ammonia, excess, some, some other stuff. And there's also a marker that can also indicate toxic exposure. So that's briefly the organic acids test. It's such an awesome test. I've run this uh, test on my wife a couple of times as well. And every single time we run it, we catch some good stuff. In fact, when, when the first time I ran this test on my wife, um, she was, no, it was a few, it was a few months before she got pregnant, but she had some indicators of mold exposure. So, you know, when she got pregnant, we like in within 48 hours, we we're already signed, a, no, not signed with, we already had a verbal agreement with our new landlady to, to get the hell out of our previous house or previous apartment. Um, because, you know, obviously it's not good to be exposed to mold ever, but especially when you're pregnant. So we, and Candida, like, again, that comes up on, on most people. So catch, I like, I love this test. Catching, catching these things early is super helpful. And I'm talking if you, if you feel like you're generally okay and healthy, but you want to, you know, remain that way, it's, it's a really awesome test. But the true, clinical value here lies in if you have some stuff going on if you're not feeling optimal energy issues gut issues mood issues stuff like that sleep issues this test can really help us to pinpoint a number of areas of the metabolism to focus on and then just tweak a few things in the diet lifestyle supplementation program stress reduction maybe the sleep hygiene needs some improvement and generally once you have got these clues you know you can you can do a lot in the the space of a few months to really like again steer the ship in the right direction so that's the test if you are interested in running this test you can go on my website there was, there's a link down below i offer free 15 minute consultations where we can i can kind of get to know you hear you out where you're at health wise and then see if i can help you out offer some of my input into that and uh, you can check my packages that I offer online uh, if you are more of a self-learner I offer a detox workshop it's a 13 plus hour uh, course where I teach you everything or not everything but the most important information you need to know about reducing your toxic exposures one uh, supporting your diet uh, supporting your body's innate detoxification system too with diet supplementation and other interventions and number three uh what was it number three oh, I'm, I'm a bit tired today <laughs> uh and uh oh yeah and then shedding your existing toxic burden right so those three pillars that are super important reducing the toxic exposures supporting your body's detoxification system and um uh, shedding existing toxic burden that we all have. So I will teach you the most important information that you need to know about all those things, all these those three things. And, and with the course, 
you get 40, a, a complimentary 45-minute consultation with myself so we can discuss any stuff you need help with as well you know, if you purchase the course. So there's a lot of value there for you. And in, in fact, in the course, I talk about, um, excuse me one second. So I talk in the course, um, not just about uh, reducing toxic exposures, but I talk a lot about glut supporting glutathione production, supporting energy production, um, supporting gut, supporting gut function, because the gut is super important uh, as an organ of elimination and assimilation, it's super important that the gut is healthy in order, you know, to to support detoxification and elimination well. So there's a you're gonna learn a ton of stuff from this course. And I, to be honest with you, the reason I I created the course is because I, I find that most people I talk to are clueless about this stuff. So I feel like there's a great need and there's some people that eat organic and great and they don't buy conventional uh, personal care products and stuff and, you know, they don't buy plastic stuff much, but they make so many other mistakes that are going to cost them health-wise in the long term. So with this course, my intention is to teach you, the mo again, the most important information you need to know. So if you need health, hel help with your health, check out my health consulting page on my website. Otherwise, check out the course. Otherwise, I hope you found this uh, uh, episode interesting and I'll see you on the next one. Thank you for tuning in.